Praise the Lord. Give your neighbor a high five as you're seated. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're glad you're here. If you're a visitor, we want you to come back. First time, you're a visitor. After that, you're home, folk. Grab a calendar. Grab some chocolate out of that coffee cup mug you got. and Just make yourself at home. We have lots going on after service today. You heard nachos. You heard prayer meeting. You heard music practice. Please be involved in everything you can. And... Um, as our pastor is away, you know, he's visiting uh, his sons right now, the Herring sons. They're down south. And I, I just ask you, is there anybody while pastor's gone that will pray for him every day that he's gone? Don't just say it if you don't mean it. You're really going to try everything within you just to make that happen. Pray for your pastor. Amen. We want him to get refreshed and get recharged. And, and come back rested and just like he normally does. He comes back and he is just, he's just like one of those wild stallions. Amen. I, you know, Brother Colin, he doesn't take a day off all year long. He doesn't, like some churches, their pastor's gone two out of the four weekends on Sunday. He is always here. And uh, we want to allow him the privilege to get some rest and uh, and he doesn't go and just um, do anything. He prays. And if you know your pastor, he fasts during, during the months that he's gone. And he is studying. He's just given his voice a break from preaching. And so we were hoping he was going to get to go down and visit the boys, but I understand he's preaching. <laughs> so he's getting no rest. And uh, we are so blessed, folks. We're so blessed, Brother and Sister Harry. But I want you to know that we're in capable hands right now. Amen. We're in more than capable hands. I came into this, this uh, I didn't go to church as a kid, never did. Never thought it important. All of a sudden, God got a hold of me, and I started going to church. And it happened to be right at the same time that Brother and Sister Churchill took over the Kenai Church. And um, I promise you, it's been 30 years, right? More than 34 years. I have never, ever one time. Now, I know they've had bad days, but I never saw it. I know they were in struggles and trouble and turmoil and going through this and that. Never saw it once. These folks have been rock solid. They've been an influence to me and my wife and my family and my children's children. And I appreciate you, Brother and Sister Churchill. I do. I, but beyond what I could say, you have been solid and consistent. And I look to you and, and when the wind's blowing, for whatever reason, you just, you just got a calm about you. I love being around people like that. I don't like people going, oh, we're all going to die. The world's falling apart. Not them. They're just calm. They got it all together. Rub some of that off on me, my friend. Well, Brother Churchill comes. I want Sister Churchill to say something good about the Lord. We appreciate you, Sister Churchill, and your whole family. God bless you.
Praise God. Amen. We are in an uh, adjustment stage in our life. Uh, after being uh, top dog for 34 years, uh, you take a lower, if I could put it that way, lower seat. And uh, I had often wondered when I was out of town, uh, I wondered what my people, I wonder what my congregation feels when I'm out of town. And of course, I could never experience that. But now I can. And I don't like it. Amen. I don't like my shepherd being gone. But I realize there are situations and things, amen, that require that. So I, I realized that there were people when I was away that probably, yeah! While the cat's away, you know, the mice will play. And then I hope there were other people that felt uncomfortable. Amen. And that missed their pastor. Well, I'm uncomfortable and I miss my pastor. Amen. <clears throat> of course, knowing Brother and Sister Herring for many years now and have watched his ministry develop, and I'm telling you, uh, the depth and the solidity of Pastor Ron Herring's ministry is just beyond words. My wife and I have mentioned over and over how very blessed we are to be at Palmer and of course uh, the beautiful people of Palmer Pentecostal Church. Amen. We've loved you over the years and are going to love you even, even more than that. Praise God. Amen. I love the word of the Lord. Amen. I said I love the word of the Lord. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How shall they hear except there be a preacher? I cannot understand people with the concept that I don't need a preacher in my life. I don't need a pastor in my life. That road is leading one direction, a direction you don't want to go. Amen. Glad for the word of God. Amen. I'd like to turn your attention today to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 16. Am I therefore become your enemy? Why? Because I tell you the truth. So I want to I speak on the topic today. Am I your enemy? Am I your enemy? Lord, we thank you for this day, for the privilege to be here. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to look into your word. We pray, O oh God, that it would accomplish what you said it would. You said it would not return unto you void. Touch our hearts, Lord. Let us receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Getting a great report today of the wonderful work that's going on in Kiana. Amen. About 33 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Praise God. Brother Parrish used to be able to boast he pastored the northernmost uh, United Pentecostal Church in the country. But he has had to give that over to Brother Farmer. Amen. 
And uh, these beautiful folks uh, moved into the village of Kiana a few years ago, holding service in their homes and then making the journey over to Norvik. Amen. But today, amen, walls are up, roof is on. Amen. Of a new United Pentecostal Church, River of Life in Kiana. Amen. And that is so awesome. Praise God. Amen. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Now, Galatia. How many know where Galatia was? <laughs> How many have wondered? I wonder where Galatia is. Well, I've been the same way. Galatia was a tract of land on the northward, northward part of an elevated tableland which formed the central portion of the great peninsula we know as Asia Minor. And centuries ago, these lands were uh, occupied by a race of people known as the Phrygians. The Phrygians. And uh, in ancient times, they were known as one of the finest races uh, on the face of the earth. But in the early uh, years of the third century, uh, hordes of, of wild men, the Gauls, poured in upon the western districts of Asia Minor, creating havoc wherever they went. And uh, after some time, after many years, uh, these wild tribes got bounded in within limits Amen. And formed the country that we know as Galatia. The people as a whole were very paganistic in their worship, worshiping many gods. The chief of these gods seemed to be the goddess Kaibli, the mother of gods. And amongst these uh, idolatrous nations were scattered far and wide a large population of Jews forming in respect to the spread of the gospel a most important element of the population. Antiochus the Great, king of Syria, just before he abdicated his throne to the coming power of Rome, uh, the Bible historian Joseph tells us that he commanded his chief general to remove 2,000 Jewish families from Mesopotamia and Babylon and to have them settle in Lydia and Galatia. He granted them, he granted them free exercise of their religion. He gave them huge tracts of land for them to build their homes, for their cattle, for their sheep, and for husbandry. And uh, all of these, these facets enter into the setting that confronted Paul when he made his way to Galatia. It was on his second missionary journey that Paul intended only to pass through Galatia. I'm so glad that God, amen, can interrupt our plans. Amen. I'm so glad that God had another purpose. Praise God. Because as Paul gets to this area, he becomes very ill. And so he has to spend time in Galatia. He was so kindly received and cared for by these people in such a way, amen, that he could never, never forget. And because of these circumstances, he entertained for these people a very tender, a very sympathetic regard. They welcomed his message. They responded to his teachings uh, and so a church was established, amen, in Galatia. When Paul recovered and was strengthened, he went on his way. And during his absence, uh, amen, many of his converts were led astray by Judaizing teachers. These Judaizers became the chief enemies of Paul. They were teaching that the benefits of the gospel could only be appropriated by meeting the requirements of Judaism and that through this door of keeping the law of Moses, it was the only way into the Christian fold. And so to correct these false doctrines, 
to win these people back to the purity and the simplicity of the gospel, Paul writes this beautiful epistle to the Galatians. Now, the Bible is very plain. The Bible's very clear when it tells us in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. That includes everybody. That includes you. That includes me. That includes your relative. It includes everybody. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A good definition of sin is simply missing the mark. Missing the mark. And it doesn't matter if you miss the mark by a quarter of an inch. It doesn't matter if you miss it by 10,000 miles. Uh, you've missed the mark. Romans also tells us there is none righteous, no, not one. Amen. Psalms 51, we read, uh, we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Praise God. From infancy, we found it was much easier to lie than tell the truth. Amen. Does anybody have to teach your children how to lie? Isn't that amazing? These beautiful, innocent little babes. Innocent as the fresh-blown snow, and yet you don't have to teach them to lie. It's part of the fallen nature. But Solomon said you do have to train them up in the way they should go. You do have to teach them, hey, lying is wrong. You need to tell the truth. No matter what the cost. <clears throat> family living the way out in the country had an outhouse and one day dad lined up you know his eight or ten boys and he said okay who tipped over the outhouse nobody said a word so he told him a story he said you know the first president of our country George Washington was a very youth very truthful man and one day he what did he do chopped down a cherry tree but he told his dad the truth. So finally, one little fella steps up and said, I did it, Dad. His dad took him out back and just wailed the tar out of him. And through tears, he looked up and said, But Dad, George Washington's dad did not punish him when he told the truth about cutting down the cherry tree. He said his dad wasn't in the cherry tree. As time goes by with experience, we become very aware that lies need to be propped up with other lies. Amen. But the truth stands alone. The truth doesn't need anything to prop it up. And though our carnal nature leans towards lies and falsehoods, uh, yet deep in the heart of each and every one of us, there is something that cries out and longs for truth. And yes, truth hurts. You think it's easy for a doctor to look across his desk into the eyes, uh, amen, of a patient and tell him, you've only got six months to live. Something would say, oh, I'd rather tell them, uh, amen, go out, have yourself a ball, you know, just enjoy yourself. Uh, it's all going to work out. No, no. Amen. He realizes, I've got to tell these people the truth. The child's been telling mom and dad, oh, everything's fine at school. But then all of a sudden, parent-teacher conferences are on the horizon. Amen. And as that time draws closer, little Johnny realizes, you know what? The truth's going to hurt. I don't have time to get into a lengthy discussion on truth. But in John 8, 32, Jesus says these words, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus also told us, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, truth does many things in our lives. 
But the greatest thing that truth does in a person's life, uh, it sets them free from sin. Amen. Amen. All born in sin, all shapen in iniquity. And the only way you're going to get rid of that sin uh, is by coming to the truth, uh, is by coming to the knowledge, uh, amen, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the only one that can take care of the sin problem in your life. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what you might read in any other book. The only book whereby we can be saved lets us know, amen, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's this message of being set free from sin that Paul brought to the area of Galatia. He preached unto them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some might say today, well, just what is the gospel? Paul tells us, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, Moreover, brethren, and I declared unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, how? According to the Scriptures. And that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, again, according to the Scriptures. So in a nutshell, the gospel is simply the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I, in my life, somehow, someway, I have got to identify with the Lord's death, with His burial, and with His resurrection. John chapter 3, Jesus looked at Nicodemus uh, and said, there you cannot even see the kingdom of God, let alone enter the kingdom of God without being born again. Amen. Nicodemus didn't understand the concept. Jesus let him know it's not a birth of flesh, but it's a birth of water and of spirit. Hallelujah. So how do I die? We die by our repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Hallelujah. And it's not shedding crocodile tears. It's not repenting here and then walking out and taking up the old way of life. No, it's an about face. It's turning around and going the other direction. I'm not going to go to those places anymore. I'm not going to talk like I used to talk. I'm not going to act like I used to act. Because I've repented. I'm sorry for it. Don't want to be mean, but people tell us that you can be baptized by just having a few drops of water sprinkled on your head. Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 6, we are buried with him in baptism. Baptism means to plunge under, to put under. Amen. So when we're baptized, we are totally immersed in water. Amen. In the name. In the name. Hallelujah. There's none other name amen, under heaven and given among men whereby we must be saved. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you were not baptized in Jesus' name, friend, you went down a dry sinner and you came up a wet sinner. Amen. You need the name of Jesus Christ applied to your life to have your sins remitted. Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. Where was Matthew on the day of Pentecost? They cried out after Peter preached. Men and brethren, what shall we do? You know, I find it amazing. So many people 
They like to get on their pogo stick, their spiritual pogo stick, and they like to just jump from John into Romans. Just jump over the book of Acts. Friend, there's only one book in the Bible that tells us how to be saved and shows us how to be saved. Amen. It's not Romans. It's not Corinthians. It's not Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians. Those are letters written to the church. Those are letters written to people who repented and were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Go ye therefore into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the titles. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they're just titles. All fathers, stand up today. If you're a father, stand up. And you can remain standing because you're all sons. I know you're a father. Seeing your beautiful children. I know you're a father. I know you're a son. Are you an uncle? You are. Are you a cousin? Are you a nephew? You are. Well, what's your name? Anthony. His name's Anthony. You may be seated. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are just titles. Uh, Amen. Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. The name, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. You go through the book of Acts, and the only way people were ever baptized was by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew helped baptize over 3,000 on the day of Pentecost in the name of Jesus Christ. So, my death is repentance. Amen. My burial is my baptism. And then the Bible says we arise to walk in newness of life. Amen. Filled, amen, with the beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Jesus cried, it is finished. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he died. Did God die? No. The flesh died. The son died. And old friends, when he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you realize as he hung there? He felt the pressure. He felt the weight of every sin that had ever been committed from the days of Adam until that time, until our day. He felt the weight of all of our sins. And as that spirit, as that life was leaving his body and the flesh was feeling what he was feeling, he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They took a lifeless body, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Jeff Arnold said, I was talking to the Lord one time and said, well, Lord, you know, you Jews are known to be good businessmen. He said, you weren't very uh, businesslike. You really didn't look much into the future. said, you didn't even have an own, your own grave. You, you didn't even purchase a burial plot. He said the Lord spoke to him and said, why buy something you're only going to use for three days? Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, all that happened, amen, is that great spirit of God. Didn't matter if there was the biggest stone in the world rolled against that tomb, amen. That spirit entered into that lifeless body, and when it did, it came forth. Hallelujah. 
death, hell, and the grave could not hold him down. Hallelujah. He is triumphant forevermore. And he has given us some one people say, oh, do I have to receive the Holy Ghost? No, you don't have to. You get the wonderful opportunity. You get the wonderful privilege, uh, amen, to have a portion uh, of God's Spirit dwelling in you. And if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, one day it's going to quicken your mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the gospel? That, my friend, is what Paul had preached to the Galatians. Many had responded by being born again of water and spirit. But now through perversion, some had turned away from the truth. Ah, uh, come on, preacher. Does it really matter what I believe or what you believe as long as we acknowledge Jesus as Lord in Christ in our lives? Glad you brought that up. I want you to look at Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another gospel, another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Amen. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that I have received, than you have received, uh, let him be accursed. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Sounds to me like Paul was letting them know, number one, it matters a great deal what we believe concerning our salvation. And number two, if we don't follow the gospel Paul preached, even if an angel comes telling us something else, there to be accursed. Hallelujah. So I have to ask myself the question today, where is the gospel being preached? Amen. Doesn't matter. Palmer Pentecostal Church, First Congregational Church, First Baptist Church, doesn't matter. Uh, the thing that matters is what's being preached uh, across the pulpit. Oh, you know, Brother Churchill, it's like we're, we're climbing a mountain. And I'll start over here, and somebody will start over here, and somebody will start over here and over there, but we'll all reach the top sometime. No, it's not like climbing that kind of a mountain, friend. I'm here today to tell you uh, there's not a half a dozen messages. There's not a half a dozen ways to be saved. Uh, amen. There is one way. I said one way. Amen. I said there is one way. Jesus Christ is that way. Hallelujah. He delivered it. It didn't come from man. It came from Almighty God. So coming to our main text for our message. Paul loved these dear people who had gone out of their way to help him when he was very ill. Do you think he would purposely hurt them in any way? No. But bottom line, he knew he had to be truthful with them at all cost. Will I become your enemy by telling you the truth? I don't want to be your enemy. I want to be your friend. Amen. But to be the man of God that I need to be, I cannot tell you something that you necessarily want to hear. I have to preach to you. I have to tell you the truth. We find in the Old Testament, good godly King Jehoshaphat, sure you're aware that after the death of Solomon, the nation divided into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom, which was referred to as Israel. The southern kingdom was referred to as Judah. Israel, out of all the kings they had, did not have one godly, righteous king. 
but good King Jehoshaphat. 1 Kings 22. For whatever reason, he allies himself with wicked King Ahab. And he comes to Samaria, and out in a plain before the gates of Samaria, Ahab has two thrones set up, one for him and one for Jehoshaphat. There's a little area of land in northern Israel called Ramoth-Gilead. And at this particular time, it was held by the Syrians. Ahab says, Jehoshaphat, I want you to go up with me with your army and my army, and we're going to take Ramoth-Gilead back from the Syrians. Jehoshaphat agrees. But he wants wicked King Ahab to inquire of the Lord as, it, as to it being his will. Of course, having done his homework, Ahab knew Jehoshaphat would ask this. He had everything set up. He appointed 400 prophets to stand before him. And with a big smile on his face, he asked them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead or shall I forbear? And in one accord, all together now, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. At that point, Jehoshaphat should have gotten off that throne, packed his bags, and headed back to Jerusalem. He did not. But he asked Ahab, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides this? horse and pony show that I'm seeing that we might inquire of him the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat there is yet one man Micaiah the son of Imla by whom we may inquire of the Lord but I hate him whoa whoa, whoa time out wait 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 there's a there's a real true prophet of the Lord here and you hate him? You hate the man of God? Wow. What, what he, what evil, what wicked thing did he do for you to hate him? Why would you use such strong language? I, I didn't give it to you, but 1 Kings twenty two sixteen. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou shalt tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? So what happens is Jehoshaphat gets one of his servants and says, Go get Micaiah. And you tell him when he gets here that his message better concur with my 400 prophets. And so Micaiah gets before the king, and Ahab asks him, shall we go up, Micaiah? And Micaiah has some fun. Yeah, go ahead, go up, yeah, yeah, everything. And at that point, Ahab, who liked his flesh to be pacified by 400 false prophets, he liked, oh yes, the flesh liked what he was hearing. But this wicked king that provoked the anger of God more than any other king in Israel, he looks at this one man and he said, forget these jokers over here. I know they're just telling me what I want to hear, but Micaiah, when you stand before me, I want to hear truth. Hallelujah. I want to hear truth. Praise God. And so Micaiah told him the truth. Praise God. Told him what was going to happen. I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. 
Now hit the pause button in your mind. Let's fast forward about a thousand years. The year is approximately 67 or 68 A.D. There is a madman sitting on the throne in Rome. The emperor, he, 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 he's crazy. Anybody know who his name was? Nero. And about this time, a fire is set and almost half of the city of Rome burns. I am not telling you anything new if you've read history any. How many have read? Amen. Many historians lay the blame of that fire, amen, at the feet of Nero. Nero wouldn't have it. He turned around and he blamed the Christians. And so the Apostle Paul, for the second time, is thrown into a Roman prison because of the Romans. 2 Timothy is his last epistle, is the last letter he's going to write. In chapter 4, towards the end, he says, the time of my departure is at hand. I know what's about to take place. Amen. But writing to Timothy, he admonishes Timothy with these words. Preach the word. Preach the word. Those words come ringing down, amen, to August the 29th, 2018, to every man that stands behind a pulpit in Palmer, Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska, across this state, across the nation, across the world. When you get in the pulpit, you're admonished to do one thing and one thing only. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the gospel. Preach the truth. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they keep to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. What's the Bible referring to when it mentions teachers having itching ears? It simply, it simply describes individuals who seek out messages and doctrines that condone their own lifestyle as opposed to adhering to the teachings of the apostles. In other words, Paul is simply saying there is a day coming when people are going to try to take the Word of God and turn it and twist it, uh, amen, to the way they like to hear it, uh, amen, to the way they want to live. They will not endure sound doctrine. Fast forward now some 1950 years. Look around you. Look around you. I know of conservative churches that came out of the Protestant Reformation that at one time stood for some semblance of truth. But I personally know of a holiness group that in their Sunday school there were teachers that were teaching that were living in fornication. We're living in sin. But we'll twist the gospel to what we want it to say. Amen. We want you, preacher, to tickle our ears. We want to come and sit and we want to have our flesh soothed. We want to have our flesh pampered. And when we leave, we don't want to leave under condemnation, Brother Trace. I personally know, I personally know of churches 
where week after week after week, sin is never mentioned from the pulpit. I had a very good friend, the, the son of a preacher, tell me, Stu, in our church, uh, amen, we never hear any kind of a message that would make anybody sitting in those pews feel uncomfortable. We don't have altar calls in our church. That's not hearsay. I know that personally. Years ago, I preached a revival in Delaware. And then the way it all came about, it, it was a God thing. Amen. Didn't know the preacher from Adam. I knew a very good friend of mine in their congregation. And when he found out we were coming to Delaware to visit, he, he wrote me and he said, Hey, our pastor would like you to preach a revival for us. I said, Okay. So I got up that first night. I said, Now you'll have to understand. I was born in an apostolic Pentecostal home. It's all I've ever known. All I've ever known. And I mean, it hit me just like that. And I started singing. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller. Born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. And if you pardon me, I'm not ashamed. Woo! To be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again believer in the power of Jesus' name. Woo! Hallelujah! After service that night, the last person before the preacher and I left, a little old lady, very elderly, she took my hand and she said, son, I remember. I remember as a young girl coming to our services and the Spirit of God would move in our midst. People would cry. People would worship. But we don't do it anymore. I personally know that there are, there are congregations that have gone through their hymnals and they have removed any song that deals with the blood of Jesus Christ. Personally, no. Amen. That pulpits are preached from week after week. And not one time is a cross ever mentioned. <laughs> oh, my friend today. Amen. It's all around us. Come on. It's time to shake yourself and realize uh, Amen. I don't need something that's going to pamper this flesh of mine. Uh, amen. I want to make it to heaven someday. Uh, and preacher, you're telling me there's just one way to do it? Yes, I'm telling you. It's not my way. It's not the United Pentecostals' way. Uh, it's the way of the book. Uh, it's the way of the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I don't know about you. But I want you to know when you walk through those back doors, and I don't think I'm only speaking for myself. I'm speaking for every man on this pulpit. When they stand in this pulpit, you're going to hear the truth. Hallelujah. I said you're going to hear the truth. It's the only thing that's going to set you free. Am I your enemy? Am I your enemy? Did I tell you the truth? Well, I could tell you a number of things that make you feel good, warm and fuzzy, 
Jesus said, there would be those on that day who said, oh, Lord, 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 we've cast out devils in your name. We've done this in your name. We've done that in your name. He's going to look at him and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't want to be a part of that group, friends. I'm telling you, the gospel many a time has hit me right between the eyes, made me feel uncomfortable. Amen. But thank God I didn't get up and walk out a back door. Thank God I got up and I walked to an altar. Amen. As we stand, I'm giving you opportunity today. I'm giving you opportunity today. You've got the freedom of choice. Amen. At any moment, you know, a few minutes here, you slip out of your chair, walk out the door. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday night. We love you and appreciate you. Or did something strike a chord in your heart? tells you if I walk out that back door, I'm walking against truth. I'm walking away from what is truth. Thank God for a church in Palmer, Alaska, amen, that preaches the truth, that holds the Word of God up above anything else. Hallelujah. Amen. As Brother Trout said, you can come from anything to this, but you can't go from this to anything. Amen. This is it, friends. Amen. And I'm not being prideful or boastful today. I'm standing on the Word of God. I said I'm standing on the Word of God. You don't understand? Hey, there's people here. Come to them. They'll sit down. They'll have a Bible study with you. They'll open the Word of God to you. They'll show you. That's right. From what I understand, this man on a flight some years ago sat down next to a young man began to testify and began to witness to him. And that man was in this congregation. And as Pastor Herring preached, while he was preaching, he stood to his feet in righteous indignation, got out in the aisle, said, Preacher, I've been lied to. I have been lied to all these years. For understand, he was baptized in Jesus' name. You have that opportunity today. Right now, anybody want to come pray? Anybody want to come pray? Amen. Come on. Come on. What a wonderful opportunity. Praise God. You have the opportunity. Amen. To bring it to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Let God speak to your heart today.